0: Oh, boy. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Super excited about today's episode. It's going to be featuring the one, the only, Stuart Pankin coming on the show to talk about his new movie coming out that we've already talked about before. And I'm super pumped because Deep Into the Forest has a lot to do with with a lot of things that are happening in today's time
1: oh yeah and I mean this guy's a legend not necessarily the news you guys probably know him from that but he dropped some serious advice for the up-and-comers about how to navigate a business that's not so easy to navigate so it's going to be a really good interview you guys are gonna love it
0: for sure for sure well that's later on the show now let's get a little crazy <music> What's up, guys? Welcome back, episode 198, and you guys know your host with the most, myself, JLoFantastic, Fantastic, and the one and only Mouth. What's up? Guys, there's so much going down in Hollywood, it is crazy, okay?
1: Oh goodness, you're not even talking about it. Of course, we're going to be talking about a CEO that's causing the stock to plunge rapidly downward, a huge loss this past week, all kinds of trouble moving forward. And guess what? I'm not talking about chapping. Yeah. What? Find out. We've got all that. So there's good news, bad news for Disney and Star Wars, uh, Marvel. Uh, just um, uh, we've got your schedule for ABC. For you sure. Can find
0: out when your favorite shows are coming and so much more. Man. Exactly. Exactly. Well, before we get this thing started, be sure to head over to our website, www.crazyantmedia.com where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We got shirts. We got hats. We have everything for you and your loved ones. And you can also check out our film, deadlines on our website yes. as well. Be sure to rent it, buy it, whichever you prefer right now. You got a couple days left, about a week, a little over a week. You can rent deadlines for just 99 cents. That's right. Promo code PRIDE. So just check that out, man. We'd really appreciate it. Exactly, exactly. Let's dive deep into this thing, starting mm. off with Disney and their latest film to hit the box office this past weekend, and that is Lightyear. Yes. But man, oh man, it scored the highest box office opening, for an animated movie since the onset of COVID in North America, but the spinoff did fail to even gross half of the mm. $129.9 million debut of its predecessor, that is Toy Story 4. That's because Pixar's latest film massively underperformed at the box office this weekend yep. with less than a stellar opening of $51 million. and get this, they put it on Four thousand two hundred and fifty-five screens in North America. Yeah. Well, below the initial expectations of seventy to eighty million dollars, guys. So they're probably going to take a big bath on this oh, one. Oh yeah. Uh, worse for Disney, Lightyear was unable to unseat Universal's Jurassic World Dominion from the top slot of the dom- domestic box office charts uh, during the Dino Sequel sophomore weekend. Lightyear's disappointing numbers are no doubt the result of oh, a yeah. heightened competition from Jurassic World Dominion, Paramount's high-flying Top Gun Maverick, as well as sister Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, even though that boy's about to hit Disney Plus any day now, Oh yeah. Uh, which it still managed to land in the top spot, though, which is absolutely insane in its seventh straight weekend that it's been out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And with $200 million production budget, Lightyear will likely have a rough time making its money back, like I said, because you have to at least make double what it was initially cost to make the film, to even break even. So it's going to be unfortunate, which is crazy because it's actually a decent film, guys. I don't even understand. A lot of people are hammering it. IMDb gives it a 5 out of 10. Yeah. Like, a lot of people are just like breaking down the wings man we
1: were talking about it a little before we started recording the show and i really do think that a lot of the negativity is coming from the confusion prior to the launch of the film we you know disney didn't really market it well enough in our opinion that it was a the movie that andy and his friends went and saw that inspired the buzz Lightyear toy for him to buy and uh, i think if they had done a better job conveying that it would have been a little bit better but um it's rough and now the decision is you know Chapic likes to throw all the Pixar stuff on Disney Plus anyway, yeah. so this could be the end of Pixar at theaters. I, I mean, I'm just saying. We'll see. I don't know. It's going to be nasty. You know what's not the end, though? You know what's guaranteed to be coming back to the theaters, at least according to Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy, who recently stated that Star Wars will need to create, however, a whole new saga in order to return to the big screen and not just rely on threads from the past. If that excites you, then we've got some really good news for you. Taika Waititi said that this week, that's exactly what he intends to do with his upcoming Star Wars movie, which will be the franchise's first movie since the Skywalker saga to come to uh, a controversial end with The Rise of Skywalker. Now, Waititi said that he's not interested in making a movie with pre-existing characters and story threads. Instead... The director said he aims to create some new characters and expand the world of Star Wars with his movie. Watiti is developing a Star Wars movie with co-writer Christy Wilson Kames, who had earned an Oscar nomination for penning Sam Mendes' one-take war thriller in 1917. Mm. So he's got good company there. Yeah. I think this is a smart idea. As, as successful as Rogue One was, it was still linked to the Skywalker saga, and so the idea of just doing something completely independent is going to be awesome.
0: Well, yeah, for sure, and I wonder if it's going to focus on Jedi's or if it's going to be like Rogue One, where it's just completely different. Hopefully, they focus on a different set of Jedi's. That's what I'm, you know, yeah, wanting. That would be awesome, for sure. Well, Dennis Quaid, Lucy Liu, Gabrielle Union, and Jabuki Young-White have joined the voice cast of Strange World, an upcoming adventure film produced by Walt Disney's Animation Studios that is scheduled for release on November 23rd. They join Jake Gyllenhaal, who was announced last week by directing uh, big hero six-helmer Don Hall. Strange World follows three generations of Claude family legendary explorers who arrive at a... A dazzling land full of mysterious phenomena uh, now, Shoals Flying Fish, Walking Rock Columns, and Octopus Looking Monsters are all going to be involved in this freaking thing. <laughs> okay. I'm excited. I mean, you know, Disney puts out a lot of good animation stuff. They I mean, do. We just watched a trailer for another animation film that's going to come out at Netflix, and it let's just say it's rather interesting and doesn't hold up to the caliber that is Disney Films. Absolutely. And it's
1: good to see that they're doing original animation. Why do I say that? Because they're running out of animated films to make (laughs) live-action films, so they need some new content. What am I talking about? Of course, Guy Ritchie was announced, uh, who directed, obviously, Aladdin in 2019, the live-action remake. Well, guess what? He's coming back to do it again. He's set to direct the upcoming live-action adaptation of the 1997 film, Hercules. Not only that, Joe and Anthony Russo's Abco production company is producing the film. It joins Disney predecessors, including, of course, 1991's Beauty and the Beast, which was made live-action, 1992's Aladdin, as I just said, and 1994's Lion King, which have all been remade into lucrative live-action films, Disney's original Hercules, the animated one, $252 million at the box office off only a $65 million budget. Yeah. So there you go. Winning. But like I said, they're running out of their animated classics that they can redo live action. So how many more are you going
0: to do? It'll be interesting because that one is a classic. It is. Uh, Nico Santos from Crazy Rich Asians and Superstore will star in a Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in an unspecified role, though. Okay. Now Santos joins an already uh, sprawling ensemble cast, including the returning... Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, uh, David Batista, Karen Gillian, uh, Pam Kanepi, uh, Sean Gunn, obviously, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Sylvester Stallone, Elizabeth Debicki, and as well as new stars, Will Poulter, uh, Chibokti uh, <laughs> Maria Bakalova, and Daniela Machor. So, I mean, there's so many exciting things that are going to happen in this one. And is Thor going to be a part of it? I mean, you know, Guardians were just barely a part of the Thor Love and Thunder trailer. So, I'm assuming they kind of separate in Thor Love and Thunder and he won't be continuing on into. You know their films. That's that's an excellent point, and and I mean we'll see because uh, they seem to have a
1: really tight relationship. Yeah, so man. What happens? Never know why do they not exactly? I mean, does he finally claim the throne of Asgard, and that's why he doesn't go? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, here's another thing we don't know, but I'm super excited about Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Director Daniel Cretton is apparently developing a Wonder Man series at Disney Plus. Now that was hinted at during Wandavision. If you smart eagle eyed comic book geeks saw, Andrew Guest is going to serve as the head. Writer and executive producer on the Marvel Cinematic Universe series. Now, in the comics, if you're not a geek like me, Wonder Man's real name is Simon Williams, and he's the son of a wealthy industrialist whose company falls on hard times due to the competition from Tony Stark's Stark Industries. As a result, Williams accepts an offer from another villain we've seen in a Disney Plus series, Baron Zemo, that gives him his iconic superpowers, including super strength and durability. After fighting the Avengers several times, he finally becomes a good guy and Wonder Man ultimately joins their ranks. Now, who else? Maybe Baron Zemo we see. This is significantly important, though, for you geeks out there that that you you guys know. But for you non-geeks out there, Wanda marries Vision after he is infused with... Wonder Man's DNA strands and kind of gains his personality to almost become human after Wonder Man dies. Then Wonder Man comes back and isn't cool with the fact that Vision has his shit and that causes some problems. So I'm thinking they're totally setting up Vision wanda in some way or capacities coming back and then clearly wonder man there's so much opportunity for this series it's gonna be fucking amazing
0: oh yeah for sure and i mean <laughs> a lot of people speculate that wanda is in fact not dead so oh sh- I for mean, sure like come on now so it makes sense for her to pop back up in this one well the Ironheart marvel series at disney plus mm. has cast manny montana Now, Montana joins previously announced cast members Dominique Thorne, Anthony Ramos, and Lyric Ross. As previously reported on the show, this show will follow Marvel characters Riri Williams, who is played by Thorne, a genius inventor and creator of the most advanced suit of armor since the one and only Iron Man. Details of the characters uh, that uh, Montana will be playing are being kept well under wraps. You know how Marvel does. They oh, yeah. like to keep their things hush hush. But yeah. that's very exciting. And we
1: recently found out that they actually sign these people to like non disclosures and they, mm. it's illegal for them to like give spoilers. Exactly. What the fuck? <laughs> that's hardcore. Hey, Carlos Valdez will star opposite one of my favorites, Mae Whitman, in the upcoming Hulu series up here. The series received an eight-episode order at Hulu back in January. Now it's being described as a musical romantic comedy set in New York City in the waning days of 1999. It follows the extraordinary story of one ordinary couple as they fall in love and discover the single greatest obstacle to finding happiness together might be themselves, and the treacherous world of memories, obsessions, fears, and fantasies that lives inside their heads. Now, Valdez will play Miguel, sensitive and thoughtful. With an artistic sensibility and a romantic streak, Miguel has always struggled with the feeling that he doesn't quite belong. But after a cataclysmic breakup, Miguel has decided to reinvent himself, burying his feelings and ditching a promising career as a video game concept artist for a lucrative world of investment banking, determined never to get hurt again. Wow. Wow. So he leaves gaming to go to investment banking, and is this where he finds Mae Whitman's character? Right. That's going
0: to be interesting. Yeah, that's a lot happening, man. (laughs) That'll be very interesting. Well, ABC has set their fall premiere dates for its new and returning series for the 2022-2023 season, including a new Hillary Swank drama, Alaska Daily, a new primetime version of Celebrity Jeopardy, and the first ever live episode of Shark Tank. Uh, return dates have also been set for fan favorites, Abbot Elementary, Bachelor in Paradise, Grey's Anatomy, and here's when you can expect these bad boys.
1: All right. You want to take the days? I'll take the days. Let's see. Uh, I'll start with Wednesday, September 21st. You will get the Connors at 8 p.m., the Goldbergs at 8.30 p.m., Abbott Elementary at 9 p.m., Home Economics at 9.30
0: p.m., and Big Sky at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. And on Fridays, on September 23rd, you're going to get Shark Tank and at 8 p.m. And at 9 o'clock, you're going to get the new 2020. Yes.
1: Then premiering on Sunday, September 25th, will be that new Celebrity Jeopardy and Celebrity Wheel of Fortune returning. Yeah. And
0: The Rookie, apparently, yeah. at 10 p.m. There you go. Exactly. And Tuesday, September 27th, you got Bachelor in Paradise and The Rookie, fizz. Oh, the new spinoff. Yeah. I'm
1: surprised they didn't put those back to back.
0: Yeah. fail on
1: sunday october 2nd guess what's premiering america's funniest home videos that's got to be getting close to matching like one of the longest shows ever
0: yeah you would think right and on monday october 3rd at 8 p.m you got bachelor in paradise and at 10 p.m you got the good doctor i know a lot of people are anticipating that one yes and then here's the date that logan's already
1: marked down on the calendars along with my daughter little cam Thursday, October 6th, for all you people. Now, see, they're smart enough to do these back-to-back. Yeah. 8 p.m. will be Station 19. 9 p.m. will be the premiere of Grey's Anatomy. And 10 p.m., the new Alaska Daily.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, do with FBI have they normally been on the same days? Because I know Shondaland stuff; they've normally been on the same day.
1: Yeah, in Law and Order, it's all on the same day, so
0: it's weird that
1: they wouldn't do that. Yeah, America.
0: who knows, man? Who knows? Well, Ian Duff has joined the cast of ABC's drama pilot, Criminal Nature. Okay. The project is described as a procedural set in a stunning world of America's great outdoors. Yes. The story revolves around the tangled, messy life of agents who work for the Investigative Services Branch, ISB, an elite law enforcement unit responsible for solving all serious crimes that occur in our country's 81,000 square miles of protected land. Mm. Now Duff will play Keldon, described as Keldon as the handsome, sexy, soulful, genuinely kind (laughs) ISB agent. He joins previously announced cast members Yasha Jackson, um, Michelle Manis, and uh, Parker Young in the pilot. So that sounds very interesting. And
1: we didn't hear when that pilot would premiere, Mm -hmm. so it must be like a mid-season pickup or something like it. Now is that the one where they like said no thank you Kevin Costner we're not gonna do yours and then they move forward with one very similar without him
0: I think that might Uh, be
1: yeah (laughs) this is a story that just seems like is happening all over the country not just in the entertainment industry but obviously gets big headlines when it does happen in the industry two former General Hospital crew members Jim Wall and Timothy Wall no relation to the Wall Shaving business or whatever, I'm guessing, are suing ABC for wrongful termination after being fired for not getting vaccinated against COVID-19. Now, in the suit, they claim that ABC's actions constitute religious discrimination and violate the plaintiff's rights under state law, stating that on November 9th, uh, 2021... ABC officially denied their requests for religious exemptions to the COVID vaccine mandate and gave no reason for its decision except to say that the company was, quote, unable to conclude that they are prevented from receiving the COVID-19 vaccine due to a sincerely held religious belief practice or observance. ABC and Disney have declined comment to comment on the suit. Now, that wording sounds to me like they're saying those two are full of shit about their religious you know, beliefs, and they're yeah. just trying to claim that to not get the vaccine.
0: Yeah. That's tricky ground, though. I mean, how do you say someone's full of shit? Exactly. And, you know- That's very back and forth. And another thing that I honestly put on chappic because I feel like a lot of these things are presented to him, are laid on his desk every single day, and he has to make a decision about him, whether it's just a snide remark or, you know, an in-depth, you know, conversation. Yeah. But I— I put that on him. I think uh, it's a very interesting situation. It is. We'll follow that one. Nat Geo's Shark Fest is turning 10 and marking the occasion by enlisting sister Disney brands, ABC, ESPN, and Hulu. Oh. We can get that bundle. To help (laughs) air its largest largest programming slate ever across the most uh, platforms it has ever been on. While Shark Fest aired during a six-week period last year, making 2020. 21's edition, the longest shark fest ever that lined up was. Uh with the limited Nat Geo, Nat Geo Wild, Nat Geo Mundo, and Disney uh, XD and Disney Plus, this time around, Nat Geo is putting out nearly 30 hours of new content Damn. and 60 hours of enhanced programming over four weeks be- beginning July 10th. Now, its most packed Shark Fest schedule on record is this year. And that increased content load is spread out not just across Nat Nat geo nat geo wild nat geo mundo disney xd and disney plus but also on broadcast networks like oh. abc cabler espn and their streamer hulu Making it an historic occasion that are for a decade old fantastic event. <laughs> now, additionally, every Shark Fest premiere will be available to stream on Disney Plus as they make their initial debuts on the other platforms. So that's very exciting. I know people go crazy over this week. Yeah. So you know.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm. I am. I'm not even gonna lie. I am interested to see how they incorporate Shark Fest onto ESPN. Yeah, right. Uh, I I mean, I'm going to tune in just for that. For sure. Now we're jumping to Fox, and this one we've been talking about and talking about, and it will it, won't it, but now I guess it will, and it's officially confirmed. Jennifer Hudson's upcoming talk show titled The Jennifer Hudson Show has been cleared in more than 95% of the country, and will now officially be heading into national syndication this fall. The series is going to debut September 12th on the Fox TV stations as its core station group. Now here's what I was talking about, will it, won't it. Hudson's show hails from the same studio that was behind the Ellen DeGeneres show which just closed of course its curtain after 19 years on the air now many of DeGeneres' top producers are apparently indeed moving to Hudson's show her show will also be taped from the same studio where Ellen's was shot so all that was rumored to have been happening and now we know
0: It is. Yeah, right? We got confirmation. Yes. But now jumping to the bunny, where Warner Brothers Discovery's brutal year in the stock market hit a new Mm. low. Shares of the media conglomerate sank almost 10% this week. Now, Warner Brothers Discovery's market cap stands about... $33.1 33.1 billion dollars. That's well under its current current debt load of somewhere between like 55 billion and above or a little bit lower. The share price is down 45% since Warner Brothers began trading on April 11th when it merged with Discovery following obviously the close with Warner Media. Other media companies notching losses where Disney's is down 1.85%, Paramount is down 5.7% and Comcast is down uh, five point six, while Netflix uh, declined three point seven five percent. And the firings keep coming down from Warner Brothers Discovery. Obviously, uh, Larry Lackwood, uh, Kristen Brown, Christine, or Jessica Dischel, Doug Serbert. Corey Henson and Todd Weiser are the latest additions to the long list of exits since the company's merger was mm-hmm. made official on April 8th. Now, before the which execs committed to cutting $3 billion in costs over the next three years, the most recent was departure of uh, Brett White, Witt um, as general manager of TBS, TNT, and True TV, which was announced on May 11th. However, Liquid, Br- uh, Brown, Discool, and Serbit uh, are some of the high profile, first high profile names to leave from the Discovery side, though. Yeah. Um, as many of Warner Brothers Discovery's others exit, such as chairman and CEO, and Sarnoff, and Global Communications head Joanna Funitz, uh, were of course before uh, the Warner Brothers merger. So that's just so crazy. It is. But, I mean, it's at least now we're finally
1: seeing some Discovery people making the exit also. But how, I mean, look, this just goes to cement the fact that I've been talking about. I don't think Zasloff or Chapik are right to lead these companies. And the fact that they have both seen, you know, 40% or higher stock drops since the time they've been in charge... (laughs) <laughs> just yeah. saying now Warner Brothers Discovery CEO the man I was just literally talking about David Zasloff has made clear his desire to grow the DC Universe to the MCU scale but these next two stories that we're about to tell you have us thinking his plans are in pretty much big trouble yeah. according to the numerous sources Zasloff has finally made the decision because of the escalating coverage of the incidents of volatile and odd behavior involving Ezra Miller that the actor will not be moving forward in the DCEU after the upcoming of the Flash film, which of course is set to debut June 23rd, 2023. Now, apparently the studio has tried to get help for Miller, but the troubling headlines continue to pile up and according to sources, even if no more allegations were to surface, the studio won't be keeping Miller in the Flash role in the future. That would mean, of course, replacing him in the future, but there's still a $200 million investment, meaning the current film, uh, with the first film and Warner Brothers executives having to be cringing as a new press report came out this week stating that Miller is reportedly hiding from the law enforcement officers after Chase Iron Eyes and Sarah Jumping Eagle were granted a protective order against the Flash star on behalf of their 18-year-old child, Takata Iron Eyes. The couple alleges that the actor took advantage of their child since staccato was 12 years old engaging in cult-like and psychologically manipulative controlling behavior miller deleted his uh, instagram account apparently after posting a string of memes mocking the legal authorities who are attempting to look for him including one that said quote get this you cannot touch me i'm in another universe and message from another dimension What the? This guy has clearly got some serious mental problems. Kudos for Warner Brothers for trying to get him help. But this is disturbing. And in my opinion, and I know we've talked about this, they they have to scrap this movie and go back for reshoots. I just don't think this is a good idea to put this out there as this guy as... A role model, I mean. Exactly,
0: exactly. And I mean, with superhero films being at the the pinnacle of success in the film and television industry, I feel like it's your job morally, you know, either to go back and reshoot it with someone else playing The Flash, a.k.a. Grant Guskin, um, and just, or just take a bath on it because you don't... You're basically supporting him if you go to the f- movies, or if you release this film, you're supporting his actions. So I just feel like it's not necessarily the best thing to do. You got to think about who you are as a person and who you are as a filmmaker and who you are, at, like, like I said, as a person yeah. just to move forward. So it's just, I think it's the best thing just to do reshoots if you want to put this film out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agreed. Sometimes you have to make the decision that there are things more important than money. And yeah. this would be one of them. You don't want to compromise having this guy out there as a role model for young kids. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just the way it is. But I agree with you, Grant Gustin. If you if you want to r- reduce the risk and not just throw away $200 million, spend a little extra money. I know that sounds crazy. And do the reshoots with Gustin. His fans will turn out if you put him in there as the Flash. Otherwise, you are stuck with having to promote a movie with your other star, Keaton will become the face of the movie because that you can't have Miller out there doing it. No. It makes more sense to do Gustin and have Gustin come and do the reshoots and then promote with him and Keaton and the gang. I'm exactly. uh, just, just
0: saying, just saying. And another movie I will not be go seeing. <laughs> um, especially after this speculation and rumors going around the town. Lady Gaga is an early talks to star opposite of Joaquin Phoenix and director's Todd Phillips sequel to The Joker, the two thousand nineteen Oscar winning one billion dollar warner brothers hit based on the dc character phillips said or has been co-writing the script with the joker co-writer scott silver for some time and has finally shown it to the studio last week phillips revealed on social media the title of the new project and it is joker uh fully a Dux. Is that what it is? Folia du. Folia du is very French. A, the title is uh, referencing a medical term for an identical or similar mental disorder that affects two or more individuals, usually members of the same family. And while the same social media post showed uh, Phoenix reading the script, the actor's involvement is not exactly guaranteed just yet. Now, sources say that Warner Brothers has yet to close a deal with the actor, uh, with the two sides deep into it. Details on Lady Gaga's character are being kept under wraps, but Joker is known for his on-and-off abusive relationship with the one and only Harley Quinn, his psychiatrist at the mental institution known as the one and only Arkham Asylum, who falls in love with him after becoming when becoming his sidekick and partner in crime. Now, it is unclear whether uh, Phillips and the company are using other DC characters or striking on their own, as uh, they did in many instances in the first movie. But wait, that's not all. Sources say that the sequel is also a fucking musical. (laughs) Phillips previously produced A Star Is Born, the 2018 remake that starred Joker producer Bradley Cooper, and Lady Gaga. I will not be seeing this fucking film if it's a musical. I'm just saying.
1: No, and they've got it all wrong. First of all, Harley Quinn and Joker do not share the same mental fucking problems. She's not. Okay, she's a little off, but she is not mentally impaired like he is. They're definitely not from the same family. So that route just doesn't even make sense and I'm with you. A fucking musical? What? No. I loved Joker. I know I'm one of the rare people that actually liked the dark, disgusting, disturbing tone of it. But I loved it. And the idea to now turn it into a musical, I equal that to putting nipples on the fucking bat suit in Batman Forever when they went that route. This is a horrible idea. It's a disaster. Completely um, agree. Here's another one similar <laughs> to a disaster and kind of like the Ezra Miller situation. This. Despite a report that Amber Heard was fired from her role as Mira in Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, sources close to the film say that apparently she has not been cut from the movie. Mm. Now, Heard's star power has been muddled in recent months, as you guys know, to the very public defamation trial with her ex-husband, Johnny Depp. This is another one that I think would be fine if we just cut and recast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Zasloff? Zazloff Just saying. <laughs> Amelia Clark, your good old Game of Thrones. De- oh, yeah, anybody at this point. Come Literally, on. Literally, oh my goodness. Uh, Warner Brothers debut its latest look of Greta Gerwig's Barbie, which stars Margot Robbie <laughs> in the title role by releasing a striking photo oh. of the one and only Ryan Gosling's <laughs> kin sporting his six-pack abs, oh. bleach blonde hair, and spray tan. The image is the second official still from Barbie to be released following a photo shoot uh, showing uh, Robbie and Barbie's pink convertible. Now, Warner Brothers Barbie will open in theaters July 21st uh, 21st in 2023. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm going to go see that one, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I, I have said in the past that I would see anything Margot Robbie is in. But this one might break that.
0: Yeah, I'm not not feeling it. Not feeling it. Now, uh,
1: what's up, Doc? Well, you know what's up? Bugs himself, Daffy, and the rest of the Looney Tunes gang will apparently be back in a Broadway set Bye Bye Bunny, a Looney Tunes musical. This is the first ever Looney Tunes original animated movie musical, which will be produced by Warner Brothers Animation. Now, the family event, Bye Bye Bunny, will screen on HBO Max and Cartoon Network. With a screenplay and lyrics by Emmy Award winner Ariel Dumas, a head writer of The Late Show by Stephen Colbert, and huge Looney Tune fan, Bye Bye Bunny shows Warner Brothers Animation pursuing... One of its main mandates: drawing upon the studio's voluminous library vault in animation, and then bringing its heritage into the modern
0: age. Mm. That sounds exciting, though. I mean, you know, I'm. This is one of those things like Scooby Doo, like Tom and Jerry, that I'm happy they re they keep reincarnating because yeah. these are just epic characters that I think the younger generation should have a part of their lives as well. Totally agree. Um, and speaking of Warner Brothers Animation, the division just successfully secured one of TV's animation's most consistent talents over the last three decades. Cartoon Network Studios and Warner Brothers Animations have. An exclusive multi year cross studio overall deal with Emmy Award winning creator, producer, and director Gindy Tarlowski. Uh, yes. Tarlowski and relationship with Cartoon Network stretches back for over 25 years to Cartoon Network's first ever series, the Cinemal Dexter's Laboratory, mm-hmm. uh, that launched in '96. It continues through Samurai Jack and Star Wars The Clone Wars to recently um, Primal. Now, the overall TV deal, however, now opens up the door to her um, to work and tap into huge characters and franchise libraries that not only Cartoon Network Studios has, but also Warner Brothers animations. Now, that's a lot, man. That's a lot. So it's exciting time to be a child.
1: It's awesome, though, that the relationship has continued for almost 30 years. That's fantastic. Uh, a Game of Thrones spinoff series based around Jon Snow apparently is in early development at HBO. Ah. I know what you're thinking, what everybody's thinking. How is that even possible? But Kit Harington is attached to reprise his role as the fan favorite hero in the live action show, which would take place After the events of Game of Thrones, potentially opening up what many people thought was an ironclad ending in the wildly popular series, but apparently not. In the final season of Game of Thrones, of course, Snow realized his true identity and that he could be an heir to the Iron Throne. The series concluded with his exile from Westeros as he rides into the haunted forest with Ghost and the Wildlings to begin a new life. Now, since the potential uh, Jon Snow sequel series would take place After the final season of Game of Thrones, it is completely possible that familiar characters such as his half-siblings, Anna Stark, of course, Maisie Williams, and Sansa Stark, Sophie Turner, could show up. Will they? Won't they? Is this even a good idea? (laughs)
0: I just don't understand why do you keep doing this? Okay, like maybe if you did this one and House of the Dragon, okay, fine. But you still have two or three other shows that you are trying to develop, produce, and put out there. Don't do it, man. You're killing, you're Godfather 3 in this shit, man. I'm just saying, but... uh. Hacks has been renewed for season three at HBO Max. The news comes two weeks after its season two finale, which debuted on the streamer June 2nd. Season two debuted on HBO Max on May 12th. The first season consisted of 10 episodes, while the second season consisted of eight. Hacks was met with a widespread critical acclaim upon its initial release. The first season picked up about 15 Emmy nominations with wins for leading lady Lady Jean Smart, as well as writing and directing directing for a comedy series so this is just a no-brainer man of course they were gonna do this of course even though it's
1: season two kind of fell off a little bit but hey uh this one i know has a lot of people excited and a lot of people not so excited I don't know where my daughter falls in this one I'm going to have to ask her Pretty Little Liars Original Sin will premiere July 28th on HBO Max the release date was announced via a first look teaser for the series which shows a mysterious figure cutting up and burning pictures of the five main characters this one they include Imogene played by Bailey Madison Minnie played by Malia Piles Noah played by Maya Rethko Tabby played by Chandler Kinney and Ferran played by by Zarya. Now, as we've told you on previous shows, the new series is a sequel to the original series that focuses on a completely new set of teenagers in the blue-collar town of Millwood, Pennsylvania. Five main characters are tormented by someone operating under the identity of, of course, A, an alias assumed by the villains from the original show. Who knows the secrets of both the teenagers? and their parents oh very interesting so yeah I, I, I don't know how I feel about this one Emily got me hooked on the original and I did actually kind of like that show so I don't know how I feel about this one
0: we'll see man we'll see well the big own network the 10 mm-hmm. episode reality dating show which follows recently divorcees on their search to find love in paradise was set to premiere on July 7th well now the big D's axing comes after Warner Brothers Discovery merger back in April cutting all that dead weight off yep which has resulted in the cancellation of other projects across all brands that they own, including Damian Wayne's TBS comedy, Kill the Orange Bear, and J.J. Abrams' uh, *Demindion* or whatever the fuck it is uh, (laughs) at HBO. But I think that's a personal vendetta. I'm just going to say Zazoff versus Abrams. That's a thing right now, so... (laughs)
1: I think so too. And I'm okay that this one got axed because, first of all, they didn't ask me if they could use my nickname, Big D. I have long been known as Big D or D. They didn't ask. It's fine. I'm just saying, I I want some money for that. Let's jump to Paramount, where Top Gun Maverick flew past the $800 million mark at the global box office this week. And by crossing that milestone, it now ranks as the highest grossing film of Tom Cruise's career. The film also soared past... See what I did there? Flew, (laughs) soared... It soared past the $400 million at the domestic box office, making it the highest grossing movie of the year in the U.S. The film surpassed Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness to claim the number one spot. It now becomes only the third movie in the pandemic times to cross the $400 million uh, stateside. That means Spider-Man No Way Home. That was the first. And then Top Gun and now Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness also did cross the $400 million mark. So there you go. Three of them kicking ass.
0: There it is. Well, Chris Miller and Oscar-nominated helmer of the 2011 *Puss in Boots* it was set to direct an animation at Nickelodeon animated entitled *Smurfs* musical. Another musical. Another one, man. It's just a musical show. But I like this one, uh, which is slated for December 20th of 2024 theatrical release. Miller is also director of *Shrek* the third, and his voice acting credits include the penguin Kowalski in the oh. Madagascar franchise. Okay. As uh, and the as of yet untitled musical is the first of numerous projects including in the partnership that paramount animation and nickelodeon animation announced with smurfs worldwide licensures holders uh, La Fig, Belgium, and Limps uh, earlier this year. The partnership deal includes producing multiple movies based on the Smurfs property created by uh, Belgian artist Pio. So
1: I am. I love the Smurfs. I'm always down for it, even if it is a fucking musical. I don't care. I'm all in. Hey! In the blinkin' you-missed-it story of the week, Paramount Plus has released the first teaser for Tulsa King, the new crime drama from Yellowstone creator Taylor Sheridan, featuring, of course, Sylvester Stallone, in the central role. His career plays Dwight Manfredi, a New York mafia head who finally gets out of jail after a 25-year sentence. Upon his release, he's unceremoniously relocated by his boss to Tulsa. Oklahoma, of course, to establish criminal operations there. Now stuck in a new location with zero existing connections and with no support from his mafia family, Manfredi slowly builds a crew of unlikely unlikely allies to establish his own criminal empire. Tulsa King premieres with its first two episodes November 13th, followed of course by weekly episode drops after that. The trailer really was a blink if you miss it. Didn't really give away much.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> for sure. Well, Paramount Plus has ordered a new yacht drama to series based on the upcoming graphic novel uh, School Spirits. The series is set to star Cobra Kai actress Peyton List with Pretty Little Liar star and Bridgerton writer uh, Olivia Goldstick serving as the showrunner. She's not a star, she's just behind the <laughs> scenes. Uh, School Spirits focuses on a teenage girl who gets trapped in a limbo afterlife. Ooh. With no other option, she rallies other stunts trapped in the limbo of her high school to team up and investigate her disappearance. That's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, kind of
0: yeah. like a Lovely Bones type of situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hey, three animated Avatar movies are in the works at Paramount and Nickelodeon. Not to be confused with James Cameron's blockbuster Avatar franchise, these upcoming films are actually based on Avatar The Last Airbender, the anime-influenced TV series about a boy who can manipulate water, earth, fire, and air. Now, of course, the popular animated show aired on Nickelodeon from 2005 to 2008. The films are in development under the company's Avatar Studios banner, which was formed in 2021. The division is designed to create original content spanning the animated series, Series and movies based on Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. So there you go. I know you're excited about
0: that. I'm super pumped, but also super intrigued because Netflix is also developing a live action series about the Avatar. So it's going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, Ethan Hawke will star and executive produce in a limited series currently in development at Showtime. Now, the series is titled The Whites, and it is based on the novel of the same name, by the one and only richard price it begins in the idea that every detective is haunted by their white whale now the prep uh the predator uh who got away who because the justice system failed now billy graves who's played by hawk once a rising star in his department and former member of the group well-respected cops called the wild g's Um, Walks away from the NYPD homicide and joins the Night Watch division, Mm. where his cases end when he clocks out, but his past comes calling when a seemingly straightforward murder case involving a white whale unfolds, threatening his career, enduring friendships, and... His family. So that that's deep, man. That's deep. Ethan Hawke gaining momentum again I after mean, Moon Knight.
1: Yeah, seriously. This guy's showing up everywhere now. I'm excited for him. I, I, I've always thought he's a great actor. For sure. Now, in the why are you so fucking stupid category of the industry news, a field production team for The Late Show with Stephen Colbert was detained in the Capitol on June 16th after filming comedy segments for the CBS Late Show. CBS confirmed that the incident did occur with the Capitol Police while a production team to support the foul-mouthed puppet character Triumph the Insult Comic Dog were on an authorized location shoot in Congress. Among the seven people arrested was Robert Smigel himself, obviously the writer and comedian behind Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Now, the Capitol Police said in a statement that the team was detained in the Longworth House office building at 8.30 p.m. on June 16th when the group was found unescorted and without congressional ID in a sixth floor hallway. The building was closed to visitors and these individuals were determined to be a part of a group that has been directed by the USCP to leave the building earlier in the day. They were charged with unlawful entry. This is an active and criminal investigation, apparently, and may result in actual additional criminal charges after consultation with the U.S. attorney. After everything that happened on January sixth, if you were asked to leave the building, why the fuck would you stay unallowed and try to do that? That's the dumbest thing ever.
0: Yeah, not smart. Not, not smart. smart. Don't fuck with the government, no, man. man. Don't do it. <laughs> well, NBC Universal, Macad Brooks is joining Law and yes. Order in season twenty-two of the drama. Uh, he will help fill the void left after. Uh, by Anthony Anderson who opted not to return after reprising his role in the 21st season as Detective Kenneth, or Kevin Bernard now from the series' original run. Uh, no character name or description is available yet for Brooks but I know you're excited about it.
1: I am. I love McCad Brooks and I'm a huge Law & Order fan and it just seems like a win-win. I'm happy all the way around. I'm also happy about this one because uh, the first one was one of my favorite movies of all time. Sony, we're jumping to Sony, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse directors, Joaquin Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson lifted the veil on the upcoming film's villain and an anacmic antagonist known as The Spot. Now, for all of those who are not hardcore comic nerds like myself, The Spot's entire body is covered in little interdimensional portals that can send him anywhere he wants to go. He's going to be voiced by Jason Schwartzman, and the villain will use the portals as weapons against Returning web slingers, Miles Morales, of course, played by returning Shamik Moore and Gwen Stacy returning Haley Steinfeld to the role, while also bringing in new heroes from across the Spider-Verse like Spider-Man 2099, who's going to be Oscar Isaac and Jessica Drew, who's Issa Rae. And they're coming into the fray. That sounds exciting and amazing all the way around.
0: It really does. I like how they're still bringing in different Spider-Men. I think that's awesome. Oh, for sure. Uh, After exiting Fast X, and it didn't take Justin Lin very long to rev up another franchise, he is set to direct One Punch Man for Sony Pictures, a highly freaking loved anime. Um, Scott Rosenberg and Jeff Pinker, who teamed up on Jumanji The Next Level and Venom, are set to write the live action film adaptation of the World wide hit manga series. Now, Lynn will also be a producer and will work with Scribes on uh, rewriting with the intention to begin production by the year's end. So a lot of anime mangas coming to life in live action. I think that's very special.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know you're a huge fan of it, and I, I know several dozen people that have friends and family that are too, so good. I, I'm, I'm pumped for y'all. Uh, jump into Lionsgate, Lionsgate and roadshow attractions have acquired the North American rights to... To the Good House, the comic drama starring Sigourney Weaver and Kevin Klein back together again in the film adaptation of Anne Leary's book, Bowed at the Toronto Film Festival in 2021. Now, The Good House is set for a theatrical bow on September 30th. The film, directed by Maya Forbes and Wally Woodarski, fouls Weaver as a New England realtor and descendant of Salem witches who understands her neighbor's problems and secrets, but is in denial about her own. The Good um House also stars Maureen Abacarana, Oh Love Her, Rob Delaney, David Rashad, Rebecca Henderson, Molly Brown, and Beverly D'Angelo. That's a good cast. It really is, man. It really
0: is. Well, Tubi, they got a multi-year deal with Lionsgate to be the exclusive ad supported VOD streaming service for 30 feature films. The agreement uh, encompasses titles not covered under Lionsgate, Pay One theatrical output agreement with stars, the cable and streaming provider that lionsgate is in the midst of spinning off under the agreement Tubi, which is a part of fox entertainment also will add more than 200 lionsgate library wow. titles to the free service it's the third streaming deal lionsgate has secured in the last two months now in april the company inked to a pay to window movie output deal with roku Followed by one with NBC Universal's Peacock last month. So they're making moves, man.
1: Yeah, they are, and they're not done. Lionsgate Television Group apparently has signed a scripted television development deal with the creator of Home Economics uh, and executive producers Michael Colton and John Aboud. In addition to Home Economics, Colton and Aboud also wrote and produced the Netflix feature film A Futile and Stupid Gesture, starring Will Forte, which debuted at the Sundance Film Festival in 2018. They also have served as executive producers on two seasons of Close Enough on HBO Max uh, and wrote DreamWorks Animation's film Penguins of Madagascar. Mm. That's pretty awesome. And apparently they did some writing on Adult Swim's Children's Hospital too. So plenty of experience and Home Economics is a huge hit. So exactly. This is a good score for Lionsgate. For sure.
0: Well guys, be sure to keep up because we have two AMC stories, <laughs> not the same AMC. First, we're talking about AMC on television. Yes. AMC announced that Janet Herbert, Caleb Eckenhart, and and Shakira Janae Pei yeah! um, have been added to the cast of the upcoming sci-fi comedy uh Demacos? Damascus. Uh, Damascus uh, as a series regular. They join previously announced star Orikite, uh dude from Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> um, who plays in the title role. And now, this one is going to be about a 33 year old black man who goes on a journey of self discovery using an, a, a new technology that allows him to experience different versions of his own life. Oh. That's very interesting. That sounds deep. That, the two great things there, Janet. Hubert, obviously,
1: for the original mom, Aunt Viv, or their original Aunt Viv on uh, Will Smith, yeah. and our friend and past guest. Uh, I mean, it, that's going to be awesome, Janae Pei. Uh Shakira Janae Pay, she's fantastic, and I'm super pumped for her. Yeah, right. Alright, jumping now to the AMC Theaters. In celebration of Juneteenth, AMC Theaters will present special screenings of Judas and the Black Messiah, The Best Man, and other popular movies focusing on black voices. Starting this past Friday, and it's going to go through until this upcoming Coming Wednesday, select AMC locations will offer special screenings of Judas and the Black Messiah, The Best Man, Just Mercy, and 42. The screenings will be available to all audiences at a
0: discounted price of Five bucks. All beautiful films, man. All, All beautiful. beautiful. Well, heading over to Netflix, yes. it has debuted its first little blink of an eye footage of Andrew Dominic's Blonde starring Ana D. Armas as Hollywood's iconic Marilyn Monroe. Yes. The movie is based on the best-selling novel by Joe Scott. Uh, Joyce Carol Oates the film's NC-17 rating reportedly created tension between Dominic and Netflix but the filmmaker says that he has nothing but gratitude for Netflix nodding the streaming giant supported the title even at it had some issues with its content Uh, as for his thoughts on the controversy over the film Dominic said in quote Blonde is a demanding movie there's something in it that offended everyone (laughs) to be honest Um, if the audience doesn't like it that's the fucking audience's problem it's nothing to run Uh, it's not running for public office but the official Blonde synopsis (laughs) from Netflix reads Blonde boldly reimagines the life of the Hollywood's most enduring icons Marilyn Monroe from her uh.'" Or her uh, crazy childhood and as Norma Jean through the rise and stardom of the romantic entanglements Blonde blurs the lines of fact and fiction so be sure to know that before checking this one out and explore the widening split between uh, her public and private uh, selves the sporting cast is Bobby Canavale, Adrian Brody Jelaine Nicholson mm. Xavier Samuel and Evan Williams yes so, a lot of good stuff
1: there. and our friend and former guest Colleen Foy, yes, yes, she's in there too. I'm, I'm so beyond pumped for that movie. I can't even begin to tell you. And I was a little like, "Will Anna do it? She does it, y'all. Watch that trailer. She fucking does it." Hey, Ryan Johnson has also announced that the previously untitled Knives Out sequel, sequel, sequel has a name. It's going to be called Glass Onion: A Knives Out Mystery. Now, of course, Daniel Craig will reprise his role as Master Detective Benoit Blanc in the follow-up to the hit Lionsgate film. The rest of the cast includes, get this, this is fucking phenomenal, Edward Norton, Janelle Monae, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Jessica Henwick, Madeline Klein, Kate Hudson, and Dave Bautista. What the fuck? That's epic. In the sequel, Detective Blanc travels to Greece, apparently, to peel back the layers of a mystery involving a new cast of colorful suspects. Johnson wrote the script and will direct... And produce. I love that. It's really
0: good. Oh yeah, Uh, Jerry Seinfeld is cooking up an A-list ensemble to star in "Unfrosted: The Pop Tart Story." (laughs) Now it's a movie about the creation of the popular breakfast treat. Melissa McCarthy and Jim Gaffian, Amy Schumer, Hugh Grant, and James Marsden will headline the upcoming Netflix film alongside Steinfeld, uh, Seinfeld, uh, who is also writing and directing the movie. Set in 1963, Michigan, Unfrosted is described as a tale of ambition, betrayal, sugar, menacing milkmen, inspiring by bits in Seinfeld's uh, latest stand-up special, uh, 23 Hours to Kill. Now the silly, silly story unfolds as sworn cereal rivals Kellogg's and post rates uh, to create a pastry that will cr- uh, change the face of breakfast forever. Netflix has not clarified uh, who any of the actors will be playing in Unfrosted, the Pop Tart story, which is expected to begin production sometime in 2022. Is this going to be like a comedy
1: version of like the founder, you know, where Keaton was the, like, yeah. uh, played croc for McDonald's? We're going to get the, like, fucking Pop Tart thing. That, okay. I'm super excited about this one because I just finished binge watching the first season and absolutely fucking loved it. The Lincoln Lawyer series has been renewed for season two at Netflix. The series adaptation of the book series by Michael Connolly of course debuted its first season back in May Manuel Garcia Rolfo will reprise the role of Mickey Holler in season two with Nev Campbell uh, Becky Newton and Jazz Ray Cole and Angus Sampson all returning as well along with some other season one cast members now the first season consisted of 10 episodes and was based on the book The Brass Verdict season two will also be 10 episodes and will be based on the book The Fifth Witness I'm super
0: pumped about it yeah for sure well DreamWorks Animation and Netflix have released the first trailer of Kung Fu Panda the Dragon Knight mm. an upcoming series adapted from the popular series of films starring Jack Black as the voice of the infamous martial arts master bear now the trailer showcases Black's Poe as he begins another journey across China this time teaming <laughs> up with the Wandering Blade voice of Rita Ora to take on a pair of mischievous weasels named Claus and Verka. Oh. now voices by uh Chris Veer and Della Saba respectively who want to destroy the world by collecting the court and ancient artifacts with magical powers. James Hong uh, will also reprise his role as uh, Mr. Ping noodle cooking goose who is Poe's uh, adoptive father after appearing in all three Kung Fu Panda films. This time around Ping looks to be getting in on the action. though. Mm. The trailer claps off with the reveal of the series release date of july 14th
1: oh Okay, yeah. I'm down for that. I love the Kung Fu Panda movie, so that's that's and there's nothing worse than mischievous weasels. Come on.
0: Right. Uh, Rob Lowe and
1: John Owen Lowe's Netflix comedy series Unstable has added six new cast members. Slan Clifford, Rachel Marsh, Emma Fiera, and Aaron Branch have all joined the show as series regulars, while Fred Armisen and Tom Allen and J.T. Parr will appear in recurring guest-starring roles. Now, Unstable was picked up the series at Netflix in April, with the Lowe's having created the series along with Victor Fresco. The show follows an introverted son, played by John Owen Lowe, who goes to work for his very successful, wildly eccentric father, played by Rob Lowe, in order to save him and his successful biotech company from disaster. Now, get this. It's actually inspired by Rob and John Owen Lowe's social media
0: relationship. Mm. They
1: go back and forth with each other. It's pretty fucking funny, so I think that's going to be great.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, two actors working on the Netflix series The Chosen One have died in a car crash. After riding in a van near the city of Malig on the Baja, California Sur Peninsula, the incident left two other cast members and four crew members of the production injured. All six remain in stable condition, though. Uh, Ramundo Grande Cruz, uh, Juan Francisco uh, Gonzalez Aguirre were the two actors who sustained fatal injuries in the accidents. Their names were confirmed by the Baja California Department of Culture on Friday. A source close to the production confirmed that the accident did not occur on the set of the production. The cast members were in transit of Santa Ros- Rosila uh, to local to the local airport. The investigation on into the accident remains ongoing it's just a crazy freak thing
1: yeah i mean that sucks anytime anybody dies like it's just i don't know it's sad
0: hopefully there was
1: no wrongdoing with the accident and it was just something mechanical or something i don't know uh jump into amazon this one's really exciting amazon prime videos the boys is bringing another iconic character from the comics to the screen this time with the help of legendary actor Paul Reiser. Now, he will take on the all-important in-universe role of The Legend, which in the original Boys comics from Garth Ennis and uh, Dark Robertson, was a parody version of the late famed Marvel creator Stan Lee. According to Amazon, Riser will be introduced as The Legend in this week's episode uh, titled The Last Time to Look on the World of Lies, which is the fifth episode of The Boys Season 3. That's exciting because it's a great character and Riser's a great actor. Oh
0: yeah, for sure. Well, Amazon Prime Video is also developing a TV adaptation of the Q-Code podcast the last known position with uh, gina rodriguez uh, set to star and executive produce the podcast charts the fallout of a brand new state-of-the-art american commercial jetliner vanishing on its maiden voyage over the pacific now ensuing the aircraft's investigation discovers evidence of a creature of the deep that many have been responsible or that may have been responsible oh. so hmm That sounds
1: interesting. Right. Well, they're taking a lot of these podcasts and turning them into series. Uh, Jumping to Apple now, Billy Crystal is set to star in the limited series before. At Apple. Crystal will star in the show as Eli, a child psychiatrist who recently lost his wife. When he encounters a troubled young boy, Crystal will also executive produce in, to addition to starring. The series comes from writer Sarah Thorpe from The Bounty Hunter, who is also an executive producer. Now, get this. Barry Levinson, famed director Barry Levinson, will direct and executive produce with Eric Roth from Dune fame, also executive producing. Anytime Billy Crystal's back on TV, I'm all in.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Super excited about this one. Swagger has been renewed for his season two at Apple. The first season debuted in uh, October of 2021. Oshaya Jackson Jr., Isaiah Hill, Chanel Azora, uh, and a couple of others are coming back to reprise their role in the second season. Swagger is inspired by the NBA star Kevin Durant's experience in the world of youth basketball. Um, The show delves into the elite world of youth basketball clubs from the perspective of the players, coaches, and their families. And also taking on serious topics like the social rights movement and just co- uh, coronavirus and just a whole bunch of other things. This show is really good, and I think a lot of people need to watch it.
1: Yeah, you're, you've talked really highly of it, and no, I'm definitely going to check it out. Uh, Tiffany Boone is set to star opposite Andre Holland in the Apple Limited series The Big Cigar. The series is based on the Playboy article of the same name by Joshua Behrman. It tells the true story of how Black Panther leader Huey P. Newton relied on his friend Burt Schneider, the Hollywood producer behind Easy Rider, to elude a nationwide manhunt and escape to Cuba. Boone will star as Gwen Fontaine, Newton's girlfriend. Boone currently stars in the Amazon series Hunters, which renewed for a second season back in 2020.
0: That's so exciting, man. A lot of good stuff happened in Hollywood oh, yeah. this week, and you guys know this is where you can find all of it. Yes. But now it is time for our interview, the one and only Stuart Pankin coming on the show to talk about his experience in Hollywood, how it's changed over the years on Film and television and on stage, and what he's got coming up. There's a lot of good stuff in this one.
1: Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. And he talks about his relationship with the director and creator of the new movie that he's in, Deep Into the Forest. And so that's really cool to hear that relationship, too. You
0: guys are going to love this one. For sure. For sure. Well, here he is.
1: Stuart Penkin, welcome inside the crazy ant farm. How are you tonight? You know,
2: I couldn't be better. Never better in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, fantastic. Thanks we love to hear that. Me. Yeah,
1: it's good to be here. Well, it's good good to have you here we're excited to talk to you especially about the film uh, it seems highly relevant in today's home uh, um, stage of, of enlightenment that we're all in oh um, it, yeah <laughs> so we're gonna dive into that for sure but what we like to do at the beginning of the interviews is kind of give an introduction to the fans who may not be familiar with who you are or, or, or your career a little bit so I let's want to talk about <laughs> so let's talk about that a little bit was acting something you knew right from the get-go you wanted to do or did you kind of fall into it? How'd you get started? Well,
2: and as a kid, I used to make my family laugh, you know, on, during family dinners. And so I was always sort of an obstreperous, a, a you know, ebullient yeah. person. <laughs> uh, but uh, in high school, uh, the, the, the auditorium collapsed in our high school, so there was no theater. There was no, you know, plays. I think I w- would have liked to have done that. Mm. So it was something that was churning up in the back of my head. Uh, and in college, I, I, I started college as a philosophy master. No, God, that's my son. <laughs> Not it, like a psychology major, uh, and because I liked him in high school. But, you know, as I say, when I walked across that cold, dark campus to, to audition for the first play that was available to me, I knew it. I was hooked. Oh, and then yeah. I, met, I met Dave Brubaker, who was my teacher, director, and, and dear friend until he died. And he was such an inspiration and and that was it. I guess I knew just bubbled up, you know, yeah, you're going to be an actor.
1: That's it. And so you say play, obviously. And like so many of our guests and so many actors that we've talked to, it starts on stage, right? And then makes the transition in. So did you, after you get it and you're bitten by the bug and you know this is what you want to do, did you see yourself making the transition eventually? Or did you think, nope, this is it, stage, I'm a theater guy, this is where I want to (laughs) go? Well,
2: the theater's always, it's been my first love. I mean, I would, uh, if somebody, if the Lord if Dionysius, who's the Lord of the theater came down and said, <laughs> what you, you, can do one thing, stage your play, and I would i would take the, the, the theater, because the theater is, it, it's its an actor's medium. I mean, it's a collaborative medium, but mm-hmm. you know, when you're on that stage, you grow, you learn, you listen to the audience, you, you find things you do. in In film, it's a director's medium, and once it's on, uh, film it's done yeah it's finished uh the old joke that i used to hear is when you're in in new york acting you say geez how can i get out to that to that land to that hollywood land place (laughs) with the the palm trees and the money and then when you're in hollywood you say how can i get back to new york and just do do that those good plays i mean because they are i mean look i I don't know i always say things get me in trouble but uh the, the, the with certain exceptions the degree of difficulty that television and even some movies give an actor unless you're really lucky to be able to pick and choose your scripts right. you know are not as challenging as what you get to do you know they've been writing plays 3, they've right in place for 3000 years they movies, you yeah. know since 1920s 20 so you know the richness of the material that, that an actor gets to do on stage is is enticing it's intriguing it's 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 a, a great feeling to be in front of an audience.
0: Oh, sure. I love that. That's so cool. And the question that we haven't actually asked actors who are duly talented on stage and in front of the camera is: What's the difference between scheduling, like for practicing for scenes for stage, rather than for like a television show? Because I we always hear about these twelve-hour days, thirteen-hour days. What's it like practicing for you know an on-stage production?
2: Well, that's a that's a complicated question. In stage, you usually, if you're lucky, mm-hmm. you get two three weeks of. Uh, I mean, I did a I did a many plays in, in the St. Vincent Theater uh, back in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. because my wife helped form that company, uh, and we usually get anywhere from a week and a half to to two and a half weeks of rehearsal. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of time, and then you rehearse, and then you and then you go on stage and you do the play that you've been rehearsing. Right. So you work, and then you rehearse. So you get a lot of rehearsal time. In uh, in a Broadway show, I, I imagine they, they have more time. Mm-hmm. In some films, like I did a movie called uh, Second Sight, we actually came in Boston. We went to Boston, and we rehearsed for a week or a week and a half or two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know that that's unusual unless yeah. you're unless you're a star and you say I need the rehearsal, unless the project is complicated and needs that rehearsal time. In television, if you're you know if you're a regular, say on a sitcom, are you still interested in this? Because we can cut to a commercial.
1: Oh yeah, no. <laughs> <If you're> regular, <laughs>
2: if you're a regular on a sitcom you you get about a week you know uh to, to go read the script go over the script go over the blocking and then a lot of time toward the end is spent with technical stuff camera mm. positions and lighting and blah 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 uh if you're a guest part a guest guy that's a lonely task you, know, <laughs> you, come in, you come into uh you know to a to a set that's maybe been working for years yeah you know with, with a bunch of friends and uh I mean, when, when I was on a series that ran a long time, I understood that about people. I I could I sensed that, but when you're a guest spot on a television show, you gotta sort of just take a deep breath, you know, get out of the way, know your lines, hit your marks, and do the best job you can because nobody's gonna you know spoon feed you. Right. You know, right. Uh, as, when the stars are around, they're gonna spoon feed the stars, but they're not necessarily gonna spoon feed the guest people. And there are some great guest you know parts. Out there, some terrific. I I'm, I'm you know, but it's a complicated question because all those elements come into you know time and money. Yeah. Uh, but that's why, again, going back to it, the stage is so much, you know, more rewarding for me because every rehearsal and every run through, you say, "Oh, geez." I, I, I mean, an interesting story. Not that you care, but Zoe Caldwell came to uh, Columbia. I was we were in the master's program there, and then she came to talk. And she won a Tony Award for a play. I forget the play. Mm-hmm won a Tony award when she came to talk to us. And she said the play was now over and she kept doing it. And she said, basically what I'm saying, you know, how about, about learning and growing. And she walked off stage, the last performance of the play ever. And she walked past the stage manager and said, I finally figured out how to do that. scene." (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, that's, that's remarkable. I mean, it's remarkably forgiving for actors you know to say well it doesn't feel right he says we'll give it time you know on stage give it time You'll, you know things will happen yeah. there are tons of stories about that but i won't bore you no I'll i love that, that
1: because you you were saying you know for every rehearsal and every walk through and every you, you know you think oh maybe i could do that but live right. also and every each performance. live performance exactly you're like wait a minute that that because i get i guess part of that is you get that instant notice from the audience. You can tell what's working and what isn't and maybe you need to change that. Where on film and television, you don't know. (laughs) Did that work? Did that not
2: work? Yes, you don't. And uh, and there are times, especially if you're doing comedy, you can even in drama when you're doing plays, you know, serious plays, you can sense if the audience is with you. Sure. In a comedy, of course, if they laugh, but there are some nights you get lousy audiences and you're going to go, hella, you know. I'm making it up, of course. Yes, my (laughs) lord. The the porridge is in the oven. And you expect this huge laugh. and And you're sitting there like, and then you got to walk across the stage <laughs> yeah. and you got to make stuff up. You know, it's a wonderful, you know, acting is, it's a wonderful, strange profession. I'm glad I'm in it.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you could tell, you could tell you're very passionate about it when you talk and, 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 you know, and we love that. We love people who are passionate about what they do. And that's why you've had the longevity that you've had. You know, you got to love what you do. You got to ride the ups and downs and all of the little nooks and crannies of this industry. And boy, there are a lot. Are you saying I'm old? No, you are seasoned, sir, just like myself. They call me salt and pepper. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, at least you can still claim that. I'm bald now. I've lost all my so it's all Is good. a little salt and pepper. Huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: It's fine. It's fine. I love that, though. Well, with having so much experience, as we should say, um, what do you think from the beginning to where you are now, what do you think has changed about the entertainment industry the most, whether that be on uh, film and television or on stage? What what do you think has changed the most?
2: Well, my stage stage has probably remained pretty I mean the the, the material mm-hmm. on 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 stage has changed it's been uh, become a lot more sexual a lot more political yeah uh, a lot more socially aware mm-hmm. you know that's that's the big change there uh, for better or for worse i you know aristotle said theater should entertain and instruct mm-hmm. in that order you know? right in 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 film the changes my god there are you know <laughs> the same thing you know now, now, some films are much more political, much right. more socially relevant, or whatever, or addressing social problems or social conditions, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and as far as I don't know the, the technical part of the business, when I came out to California, you had a what they call a picture price. I mean, you did it, you did a project, and now then they paid it, you, you know. Mm-hmm. You go on to the next project and maybe you get a little bit more. Now it's, you know, a lot of times it's either take it or leave it unless you're a big star Mm. and then you can command a a decent salary. So so monetarily, that's that that's changed Uh, after the strikes in the 80s, uh, television shows used to have tons of character actors and tons Mm -hmm. of guest parts. After the strikes, boy, that just pared down Mm -hmm. because the, the industry got a little tight in the belt. And there was a lot less work out there, regular work for, for a lot of actors. And and the, to, to be honest with you, uh, there's just too many damn good actors out there. I mean, they're just too many. Yeah. So much competition. In the old days, you go for an audition, there's a callback, you know, there's 20 people at the audition, you come back, there's five. You know, nowadays you go to the audition, there's 20 people at the audition, you come back, there's 30. You know, <laughs> I the get price. it. Yeah. yeah. There's just, the, you know, the, the amount... And I'm not saying there's a, there's there's not a lot of work. I mean, there's not a lot of sometimes it's not great work. But you look at all these pe- icon page, you know, the Netflix, the Showtimes, the, the right. The, the, the HBO. There is hundreds of 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 productions and often, in my humble opinion, too many to make them all good. Mm. You know, there's just not enough quality out there. Uh, um, to, to be able to fill that vast amount of of product necessity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Of course you do. That's exactly so that's a big change. Yeah. That's a big change. In my day, you know, when we were doing not necessarily the news, there was, you should pardon the expression, 29% pay uh, cable penetration. Right. You know, and that's not pay cable. That was that's just, you know, like cable. Right. Not necessarily things had much less, which is astounding that it became as popular as it did. Nowadays, you know, there are <sighs> you know, there's just a, 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 vast amount of product out there. And, and, you just can't fill it as well
1: as no. Maybe you should. It, it, it's a it's a great point because with all of the streamers and now the studios all have their own. You know, before you, it's one or two, but now they all have them. And you're right. It, it has become a quantity over quality because when you have that much, that you, it's like feeding a beast that you can never fill. It, it, it's just we need content. We need content. We need content. We need content. And you're right. I think that that sometimes the realization of that is is all of it can't be good. We just need something to plug into that hole right there and that's unfortunate well, it, sometimes. It, you're right.
2: It can't all be good. I'm not saying that there's not good stuff out of it. I watch a lot of stuff on oh, sure. on, uh, on television that that I really enjoy. I won't go into it but and then there's stuff that I'll turn on for 5 minutes and go oh no. no, no.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, same know? same. But they have
2: to like you said, they have to fill the content. I don't know why, but they do. (laughs) And I don't mean to insult writers and actors and stuff, because like I said, there's an awful lot of good writers and actors out there. I'm just saying that there's also an awful lot of product possibilities that need.
1: That's correct. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> well, but no, let, this is perfect because this is a perfect transition in, right? Because you were talking about now the the shift in the culture and now it's, it's not so much entertain and then inform, it's now it's here's our message that we want to put and, and if you're entertained, great, but we want the message slammed down, right? So, <laughs> so let's talk about the film, deep in the forest because well, let's go back
2: before deep in the forest. Sure. Somebody said some famous guy, you maybe have to look it up and he said, he says this. This was years ago. I mean, this is where the when old time fell. He says, "Yeah, this movie is going to send a message." And the director said, "You want to send a message, call Western Union, right? You know that that you know one of the best anti-war movies I ever saw was Shenandoah with Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, you know, and it wasn't these guys with you know black backgrounds and 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 stylistic things. It was a movie about a family who you saw what happened in the war, and it really struck you as opposed to." Banging you over the head with the message.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, and yeah, I mean, I'm all for if there's an underlying tone and, and you know, you're getting it, you're catching it, you're you're feeling it. As long as it's not like you said, banging you over the head. Like this is, this is the agenda that we're trying to feed you. You know, I go to be entertained. I, I, to escape. Yeah, I understand that. And I'll tell you
2: something. The problem is maybe, maybe is that if you, continue to bang people over the head with stuff, that's what they're going to expect. Mm. They're not going to be, be able to take the material in and go, oh, I get it. Oh, I, you know, it's like, this is what you have to believe. This is what you have to believe. That's right. You know, and it's going to, I think, lessen the, uh, I don't know, maybe I, I, I have no right to say this, but lessen the, the, if not intelligence, the, the creative urges, the creative, uh, Perceptions of the audience.
1: Yes, you know I'd rather
2: have some some taken in and and, and figure it out myself because you I think you learn more. Like Patton said, if I want something done, I said, don't tell me how to do it.
1: That's right.
2: Tell him to do it, and he'll come up with with a way to with a with a with a better way, a
1: better way or a good way or a better way to do it. Well,
2: I think that's the same thing with uh, with entertainment.
1: Yeah, we talk about it but, all the time. No, we talk about it all the time honestly as, as filmmakers ourselves and we just completed our first film. It's like sometimes you know Did you ever call me? Did you <laughs> even think about me? That's for the next one. We've got you. We've got you. Um, but you're right. Like like you know, a, a a few people during the during the process of us making it, we're like, "Well, why don't you do this or why don't you do that?" And our response was because we think the audience is smart enough to get it without being spoon-fed. We don't feel like we have to tell them that. They're smart enough to get that. And and so we feel that I mean you're exactly right with that you're spot on. Um yeah, thanks. Sure. So okay now let's dive deep into the forest though. This is a very deep interesting film. Yeah. This is a very interesting film because it 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 does uh, represent what's going on in the country right now with such a deep divide you're either so far this way or so far that way there's no middle ground anymore and they're both extreme and so you guys are are there's a civil war going on in this film and you, and you guys are basically yes. hiding out a, away from. Yes. And then start to turn on yourselves, right? Talk well, about the is, whole thing. Yeah, this this is well, really that, interesting. That's it.
2: That's it in a nutshell. It's about I'm actually reading some of the stuff. It's about uh, you know the left and the right and a civil war uh, um, and the people who are in our case more liberal mm-hmm. being sequestered away so that we can we can uh, be safe from 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 the war because they're rounding up. Guys that are not thinking. I mean, it's not like they're right. they're coming together with ideas. There, it's the left or the right or the right or the wrong. And uh, yeah, that's exactly right. And the other thing that, that I enjoy, not about, not necessarily the politics, but is the the twelve of us in the room or the, whatever it is, the the dynamics and the changes of of loyalties and the changes of sides and people who. You think we would be together, you know? All of a sudden, it becomes self. Some of us become selfish. Some of us become uh, protective, mm-hmm. you know. And it's all that, and it's wrapped up with guns and knives. No helicopters, but <laughs> guns and knives. And uh, while I'm here, can I can I mention the cast? Because absolutely, I of the cast is in no particular order. Peter Jason, who I love, the great Larry Cedar, who I love. I love all these people. Ursula Brooks, mm-hmm. uh, me. Derwin, oh come on, Derwin. Derwin Jordan, great. Wendy, they're all great. Wendy Worthington, Macara Gamble, uh, Spencer Martin is in it. Will Bradley, P.J. Oakland, and uh, Jeremy directed it. So that those are the those are the guys. There's also Keith Moore. Keith is in it. His name mm-hmm. dropped out of the of the uh, cast list, I guess. But yeah, Jimmy Gadd is the producer. Uh, Rogers, Roger Mayer's producer. I'm just reading this. Robin Nixon. I don't know, I'm just an actor. I don't no. know. <laughs>
0: That's Storm. more Storm. credit anybody. Yeah.
2: Sean Bevan and Juliet Bevan. There you I go. I guess they're they're living in sin or they're married. I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just showed everybody your seasoned glasses right there. You just- <laughs> <laughs> I, know.
2: I just like to during these things I like to get the cast in because uh, I
0: like to that's very humble of you because I mean a lot of people I'm not not a
2: humble person
0: (laughs) he's like I don't want to admit it but yeah a lot of people come on the show and you know just talk about them their selves and I like all basically very self-centered and you know when you think about actors kind of in a nutshell when you think about people going out to Hollywood it's like people really Perceive actors as people who only think about themselves and people who don't think about others But in our case we've actually come across a lot of people like yourself and other people that's come on the show that Give everybody else credit, which I think is absolutely amazing I think that is so necessary and to show how down-to-earth actors really are
2: Nobody knows about it, but I know I appreciate being recognized and I know that if I'm on the street if that ever happens again Uh, And I see a character actor that maybe not a lot of people know, but I do. I always go out of the way to say, I really enjoy your work. I mean, because I would enjoy that. Right. Sure. Absolutely. These guys are are probably not as famous and handsome and iconic as I am. (laughs) So we, two, three, four. So so I would just like to give them a little pat on the back. Yeah. Sometimes.
1: Of course. You know, I I go back to what you were just describing about what you liked as far as the dynamic of the 12. And it was very uh, it just immediately stuck into my head. Twelve angry men same type where they start to turn on each other and and who you think were aligned were not aligned. And now, you know, the, 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 I I think that's fascinating, you know, because I do think that when you get in a room with people and things start to happen, opinions do change and, and, you know, alliances do form and, and, and make way. So that's interesting. Absolutely.
2: That's an interesting comparison. I always feel not always, but I felt something in a contained space Mm -hmm. or a contained like match. I mean, if it's if like it's a, a small part of the war, or or people in a room, or people in an elevator, and they all, you know, all these movies have been done, right? You know, or in a summer, it's you know you, you gotta you gotta work harder to make it good because you don't have the visual effects of clouds and skies and rain and, and buildings. You gotta concentrate on the people. I mean, that the people, the characters, you know, there. That's where the money is. Yeah. And you gotta you gotta stay on that, and and and, you know but you're right. And it's an interesting comparison. Well, thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Of course, of course. And we'd be remiss to say that you had also done some voice acting in your career as well. So how do you, from your, you know, on stage performances and from your on camera performances, how does doing voice acting change from those two?
2: Well, that's another good question. It's, it's all acting. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to bring whatever skills and, and training and talent you have to whatever you do. Uh, in in voiceovers, in cartoons, you sit in a room with a bunch of wonderful people and you read the script and you create the character, whatever that is. And then the animators animate. You all know this, but I'm telling you, friends. Of yeah, course. Uh, in, in Dinosaurs, uh, it was just the opposite. The Henson Puppeteers, you know, did the script and they moved the mouths of the puppets. And then the film came to us and we sat in a dark room and revoiced the, the, the words. Like my character who did Earl, the father, he was a little English guy, you know, back Wilson, And he talked like this, hi, honey, I'm home. Well, that's <laughs> not Earl. I mean, he's, he's a great guy, and a great puppeteer, but you know. So they came to me and said, oh, honey, I'm home. you know, they, they, I revoiced it. Now that, the interesting thing, is that it's a little less creative for the voice actor in this situation because you have you're relegated to the technical considerations of the puppet's mouth.
1: Right, right. You know,
2: but, and I was told by uh, Bill Beretta, who was who was inside Mike Costigan, and is now a big producer at Henson, the way I read some lines and the way they did their mouths during the course of the, sh- of the three years we did the show, it sort of came together. I mean, they kind of get what I was trying to do. And I got what they were trying to do. Nice. So it, it 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 became more of a collaborative effort than you'd think it would be in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, you know. But that's a, that's and as far as acting on stage or screen and voiceover, it's all the same. It's acting. People say, "What's the difference between acting and stage and screen?" Well, it's all the same. I mean, technically, you gotta, you know, you go, "Honey, I love you." You can't do that, oh, right? You, can, <laughs> you can do that on stage. But you got. There are some technical considerations. Right. Um, but it's all acting i mean it's all you, you you look at the script you see what the the author wants to do uh if you if you have some suggestions i work with a lot of people that have been swell in taking suggestions that, that, that i've given and uh and they you know i i don't want to pat myself on the back because i got arthritis but <laughs> you know they come up to me afterwards and say thank you for making it better sure thank you for turning strong to gold, thank you i didn't know it could be that good and that's you know that's a collaborative effort you know that that you love right you know and i've been doing that since i was a kid when i first came here mm-hmm. it, you know that i that i well i've got some some film under my belt now i'll try to do it. i did it. i did it and, and in the san pedro beach bunk which is the first thing i did and then the other guys started to do it and the directors would say to aaron spelling these guys are changing the script and aaron spelling said listen this is the swear to god he said in the one percent where they screw up because they're putting something else in Is worth the 99% that they make it better, they improve it. So you just, you want
1: to it both ways. That's right.
2: But you do it their way.
1: Well, and you know, Aaron's spelling was pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) He was pretty good. Yeah, he had a a nice run there. The San Pedro Beach
2: Punks was actually, though, his first and last attempt at hour long comedy. (laughs) (laughs) So, so. So, Nobody's
0: perfect. Hey, that's right. That's right. (laughs) I love that, though. I love that because, you know, Our podcast is built on helping the up and comers trying to break into the entertainment industry and to have a legend like yourself with so many stories and so many different experiences throughout the years. That will definitely help them, you know, progress their career and their passion to see them move forward. Yeah, that's, yep, that's well, what that's it's exactly. all about. We have a, um industry news segment as well. We give all of the latest uh, weekly industry news, the biggest stuff, not mm-hmm. only like, you know, what actors are attached to what projects, but like the business side of things and how Bob Chappick is running Disney into the ground <laughs> and like a whole bunch of things <laughs> like that.
2: Let me tell you something, that's, that's incredibly valuable. Yes. When yeah. I went to Columbia to getting my master's degree, they never... Or rarely talked about the business end.
0: Yep. Yeah. And exactly.
2: So when you get out of these hallowed walls of Shakespeare and Chekhov,
1: you know. So
2: I, I'm, I applaud that. I think that's
1: great. Well, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, because I, th- I feel like, especially if you're going the route of acting, you know, you do forget sometimes because you're not told, like you said, and you, you just forget that. It is a business and it's very important to be aware of the business and what's going on in it. It's called show business. <laughs> and you know, I think a lot of people forget that
2: if you're sensitive, if you're young and sensitive, well, it might not be for few. I mean, people keep saying to me cause you know, I'm, I'm of an age now when I don't work a lot, uh, by choice, mostly. Although if anybody's out there, <laughs> give me a call. There there you right. uh, but they want of teach. Why don't you teach? And I said I can, in all conscience, stand up in front of a group of fresh-faced young people, you know, and tell them to 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 try to get into a business that has ninety-five percent unemployment. Yeah, and of that five yeah. percent that works, maybe two or three percent make a living. Right. I can't do it. I mean, I I can't do it. I we used to we used to teach classes, you know, in my son's you know high school just just to fill in for teachers and not necessarily the news used to go around the country teaching improv classes, but it was mostly publicity. You know, I mean, right. I wasn't putting great clods of wisdom into right. college, but uh, it's a tough business. And if you're passionate about it, like I was, and obviously a lot of people are, you can't tell them not to.
0: Exactly. You, know, you say,
2: oh, it's a tough business. You're not going to work a lot. I don't care. You know, care. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna, you know it's, it's not going to be me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to have that series. I'm going to get that movie. So
0: there you go. That's great. Got more power to it exactly it's all about having that mindset and having that drive to move forward right that's what it's all about um but listen man thank you so much for coming on the show and getting a little crazy with no, us no i'm ready
2: to talk for another hour I'll
0: yeah
1: <laughs> well, well that just means open invite to come back whenever you'd like where i mean we time. Uh,
2: yeah anytime just yeah. get jeremy Lanny to tell me that i can come back
1: and he <laughs>
0: For sure, for sure. Well, listen. Take care. You enjoy the rest of your night, and we look forward Anytime. to speaking with you again.
1: Anytime. This
2: is really a pleasure.
1: Oh, before Thank we you. go, tell everybody where they can follow you. Are you on social media anywhere?
2: Uh, you can. I'm usually at the drugstore in uh, in Santa Monica <laughs> on, <Fourth> Street, uh, <laughs> on Thursdays. If anybody wants to come down and talk to me, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> okay. Which my fantastic which my niece and nephew forced me to go. Right. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Twitter but. You know, she's my daughter
1: in law for us. We do that too. So <laughs> Right. <laughs> All right. That well, we will hilarious. tell everybody to go there and find you and follow you. And maybe at the drugstore too. <laughs> maybe the drugstore. That's right. I'll yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well listen, take care and we look forward to speaking with you again, sir. Pleasure,
1: guys. Thank All right. you. Have Bye-bye. a good night.
0: Man, oh man. Talk about some wisdom right there.
1: I mean, seriously, and I love how he was brutally honest about how things are. Oh yeah. And you know. Um, cause sometimes, you know, I feel like we get guests on and, and even just speaking to people out and about, you know, they are scared to say what actually they think, Yeah, you know, always worried about it. It's sure. refreshing to have somebody say, Hey, not everything's good. Exactly,
0: <laughs> yeah. man. Exactly. But this is now the second guest on from this film. So be sure to check that out when it yes. comes out. We're super pumped about it. And man, oh man, it is a conversation starter, but thank you again, Stuart for coming on the show. All right, now it is time for our top five segment, and this week it is top five all-time superhero Ooh. shows. Everybody knows we love superheroes. The movies, the shows, basically the comic books, the mangas that turn into anime, all the different stuff. It's so amazing, so that's why we had to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, number five for me goes to my Saturday morning cartoons, and that is... Static Shock. This man, I fucking loved Static Shock because he was just like an everyday kid, basically, just trying to save the day and do what he can. And I loved how we got that experience of learning to use his powers and messing up and having that comedic relief and i'm super excited about the michael b jordan project that is coming out live action so that is one thing that i'm super pumped to see in the near future
1: yeah no dude i'm totally with you it's a great great animated series and i think anything michael b jordan it's going to be great live action i just want to throw out some honorable mentions just very quick before i do my number five because this one was extremely fucking hard and our producer jason knew it was going to be a hard one for me uh og shows wonder woman and the incredible hulk Can't even not mention them from my childhood. Obviously, they were fucking epic. And Batman the Animated Series totally belongs on this list, but I've only got five spots. Uh, My number five is The Flash, and I'm talking about Grant Gustin, not Crazy Guy. Grant Gustin and The Flash and the Arrowverse. In my opinion, the best interpretation of the character that I have ever seen, and it brings OG Flash, uh, Wesley, and John Wesley Shipp, into the series, and it makes him the OG Flash, which was even better. I think this is a great um, family-friendly version of the Flash. I think the storyline and storytelling is just amazing, and it was quickly became... One, the most popular show in the Arrowverse, even surpassing Arrow at one point. I mean, the fans love this show. They love Gustin, and uh, it's
0: brilliant. My number five, The Flash. Exactly, man, exactly. My number four, everybody should probably know by now, because I put it on multiple of my lists. I love the passing of the Torch story of Batman Beyond. Yes. Of course, you know, I think it's just an amazing thing to see, you know, in today's generation. I would love to see a live-action version yes. of that one day. That would be epic but i don't want to go too much into it because you guys already know my thoughts and opinions on this one so that's why it's number four on my list batman beyond
1: yeah i totally agree with you instead of a fucking joker musical how about bringing keaton back for batman beyond live action just saying it'd be great just saying my number four Arrow, of which Arrowverse, you know, spawned all these shows. Uh, It was brilliant. It was dark. It was gritty. It was a risk by the CW. If that doesn't work, none of it goes. But, uh, I mean, fucking Stephen Amell nailed the fucking character. The cast was brilliant. And the show proved you can have a dark version of this character, who, by the way, was a dark version in in the comic books, um, and make it successful and spawn off, like, this whole continued television universe. It, It was epic. Kudos To Stephen Amell and the entire cast for launching such a successful franchise and Arrowverse, if you will. Um, How can you not love the show? I'm just saying. It, It was fucking brilliant. My number four, Arrow.
0: Exactly, man. Exactly. Well, my number three goes to a Netflix Marvel show that I think is a show that finally put forth the violence that is these characters and that is these story arcs and it's the Punisher man John Bernthal is the definition of the Punisher I just think nobody else was more perfect to play that role than he was and I mean the foul mouth just the lines his delivery just everything about this show is fucking badass I really hope they bring him back as the Punisher I don't know how that will work and. In- Today's climate with the MCU with being attached to Disney and all the good stuff. We know Charlie Cox is coming back, so that universe is there and possibly Canon. So, you know. Um but yeah, number three for me, the Punisher. Just epic badassness. <laughs> yeah, can't argue with that, and you'll see why in a minute. But my number three
1: is the show. That is the reason that the Arrowverse even was able to exist. Without this show, the Arrowverse doesn't even launch. I'm talking about, of course, Smallville. Mm. Uh, it was, in my opinion, the best interpretation ever of Lex Luthor on screen, live action. Not to say, take anything away from John Cryer and Supergirl. I thought he did amazing, too. But in my opinion, Michael Rosenbaum, the definitive Lex Luthor. This show, of course, about a young Clark. No, no flights, no tights. That was that was the thing. Uh, it was all his him before taking on the mantle of superman um it was a fantastic series that ran a lot of years had a lot of guest stars from dc heroes all across and um justin hartley the original arrow (laughs) before arrow um just an amazing show i thought they did an amazing job the storytelling there was phenomenal and like i said without the success of this show none of these superhero shows that are on currently would exist so my number three smallville
0: for sure number two for me is Peacemaker you guys know Mm. how much I love John Cena and how much this like he's so good at portraying this character who I had absolutely no idea who he was before (laughs) James Gunn's Suicide Squad and I just think you know the evolution of his acting chops basically Mm. from I mean you go back and watch fucking WWE's film The Marine and then look at him now in The Peacemaker I mean he's fucking skyrocketed with his talent um but just the overall story arc is so different and just dc just dominates in film or in television i'm sorry uh so it's just i think they just do so good and james gunn i just take over dc man just do it james james
1: gunn and and, uh and greg berlanti if they would just hand over the torch to the movie side to those two guys everything would be fine exactly Uh, that's just fact uh my number two All of the Netflix Marvel shows. Uh, I like you with what you said with Punisher. I am all in. I think it was the perfect interpretation of all these characters. Uh, Daredevil was spot on and every character within Daredevil was spot on. Fucking Punisher was spot on. Lecter was spot on. I mean, like literally everybody. And then you've got Jessica Jones. You've got fucking Luke Cage. And I didn't hate Iron Fist. I loved the continuation of him in the in the Defenders much better than I liked the original his series, but there was a lot of positive in his series as well. Um I just thought all of the shows combined and then their little team up team up in the Defenders was fucking brilliant. These are the best interpretations of these characters that I have ever seen. Dark, gritty and proved that yes, you can have this world in Hell's Kitchen of these dark, sometimes disturbing characters, sometimes anti hero, sometimes superhero, work. And I'm with you. How is that gonna play into the MCU now that they're Disney? I don't know, but I hope that they don't
0: fuck it up, don't break it. It's perfect. Don't fucking break it. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Exactly, man. Exactly. Number one for me goes to another DC Mm. show. I mean, I consider myself a Marvel guy, but like I said in the past one, like that freaking DC just knows how to do television. That is Titans. Yes. Man, oh man. If you guys are not watching Titans, what are you doing right now? This show is so fucking good. You have to plow through season one. Don't get me wrong. They just set up a whole bunch of stuff. That's all it is. Uh, But once you get to season two and season three, you you're hooked, man. It's so fucking good. The potential is there in season one, but once you get to those uh back half seasons like it's it's amazing it's great television work the characters are so good the actors playing the characters are so good and such a phenomenal cast of young up-and-comers to be honest with you these people are gonna have huge careers and i love the story arcs i love who the guy who plays bruce wayne obviously because he was in GOT. but i mean it's just such an amazing show and everybody needs to watch titans
1: Oh, I I agree with absolutely everything. It was I had a hard time not putting it on my list as well. And honestly, I do love the guy who's playing Bruce Wayne, but I would also totally be okay if it was Keaton and they brought these guys, Jason Todd and Dick Grayson, into Keaton keaton's batman world i would fucking love to see that on screen together i think it's the perfect nightwing it's the perfect fucking red hood and then mix that with batgirl and put them all into i want to see the batman family fucking in live action i think that would be fucking epic oh my god um My number one is going to shock you all because you've heard me say over and over and over how much I didn't have faith in this show and how much I was going to hate this show and then you've heard me say how wrong I was and here it is, my number one, believe it or not Superman and Lois. I think this is single-handedly the best interpretation of the character on television that has ever been done before. These characters, both Superman and Lois and their family, the dad, the relationship between all of the characters outside both Metropolis and Smallville, fucking perfect. It's absolutely perfect. I love the storytelling and the dynamic showing Clark and Lois as parents to the sons, which we've never seen before. So you're seeing this, I'm a hero, but we're also seeing, well, you're never fucking around. You're an awful dad because you're gone saving the world all the time. And then the fact that they were pissed at the mom because she lied to them about who dad was and why he wasn't around all the, that's the first time we've ever seen anything like that, that family dynamic. What is it like to be a guy that has to be gone all the time, saving the world when you have to have kids. I mean, it it's just it's brilliant. The action is great, the special effects are fantastic. Just the cast is phenomenal. I just everything about this show I love. If you guys haven't checked it out, give it a th- give it a look cuz it's quickly become my favorite Arrowverse show. And apparently now The season finale of this season is finally going to link the Arrowverse to it, which it has ignored since the get-go, but we're finally going to get the explanation as why we haven't seen Supergirl, why we haven't seen any of the other people from the Arrowverse. We're finally going to find out, so I'm excited.
0: There it is, man. There it is. What is your favorite all-time superhero show? We want to know. Be sure to... Freaking just talk to us on Twitter. We love the interaction. Yes. Um, Now heading over to the box office recap. Jurassic World Dominion did pretty well last weekend, (laughs) even though it's kind of a lukewarm film. Uh, Brought in 145 million. Oh my goodness. That is crazy. Uh, Number two was Top Gun Maverick with 51.9 million. Number three was Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness with five point two. The Bad Guys came in at number four with 2.5, and Bob's Burger's still hanging on with 2.5 as well. So, a lot of good stuff, man. Yeah, I can't believe
1: The Bad Guys has hung around in the top five for as long as it has. That's yep, amazing. exactly.
0: And movies coming out this weekend that you should go see, fuck what the critics say, Lightyear, It's out right now. Be sure to watch it. It's a good family film, man. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, Brian and Charles, whatever the fuck that is. Official <laughs> competition, whatever the fuck that is. Lost <laughs> Girls and The Good Neighbor. <laughs> so that'll be out next weekend and of course Elvis and The Black Phone will also be out next weekend yes. so be sure to check out those now movies you can still go see Danton Abbey A New Era Everything Everywhere All at Once which I actually heard was really good yeah me too um, The Firestarter, which I heard was, was trash yeah not uh, very good <laughs> yeah um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 which I heard was lukewarm kind of like the first one um, and yeah that's basically it man that's all that matters to yeah. be honest uh, yes. now heading over to IB Pro's top trending segment oh man oh man obviously the top trending movie is still top gun maverick everybody is talking about this i was completely wrong word of mouth has fucking carried this thing because by far right now to date it is the movie of the summer and people are fucking loving it by far it's the best in the two movie franchise like it's like it's a perfect movie it is i'm just
1: saying and it is attracting all ages and all groups and its drop-offs continue to be narrow like It made a shit ton of money again in its third week and only dropping off, I think, like 15%.
0: Exactly. So it's huge. Doing very well. Top trending TV show is obviously Stranger Things with uh, Volume 1 just uh, dropping and also right around the corner, Volume 2. Yeah. You got to start watching this one, I do. I
1: haven't started this season yet. Uh, I need to. uh,
0: And the top trending star is Joseph Quinn. From Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, anyway, guys, thank you so much for getting crazy with us on episode 198 of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. We got to thank our guest, Stuart Pankin, for coming on the show one more time. Be sure to follow him on Twitter because I believe he's on there. You guys know... You can follow the company and uh, the podcast on social media, of course at Podcast everywhere and at Media everywhere. Be sure to follow us personally on social media at jlofantastic and at Guy 1970 And you guys know you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Anchor, app, podcast, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, radio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so much more. Oh yeah. Be sure to watch the video on YouTube, like the freaking video, subscribe to the <laughs> channel, and ring the bell for all the latest and greatest notifications coming out of Hollywood. Be sure to visit our website as well to watch our film deadlines as well as purchase some badass merch you got to be sure to follow us so that you know when the sales are for our merchandise website so be sure to do that and guys this was just it was a great show. A lot of industry news. A lot of very entertaining things of industry news. Um, I'm just I'm super pumped for the next phase of Star Wars. Uh, Taika is an amazing creator. I'm excited to see him take the helm of a film. And, of course, the Kevin Feige film and the Patty Jenkins film. And it's just such a beautiful franchise that all of these creatives finally get to dabble in.
1: Hell yeah. And I'm super excited about the upcoming Disney Plus Marvel shows. I mean, Wonder Man and Iron heart uh, there's just so many good things coming out of the pipe there that it's just they're slaying it man yeah. and I you know I, I I'm worried about i guess as a comic geek about the future of dc with warner brothers it just is not looking good (laughs) it's not man it's not we
0: have some pretty hardcore opinions about the flash film so we'll see how all that develops um but you know i
1: have a really high opinion on this woman though uh because all rise is back and the first two episodes have been fucking epic and it wouldn't be on the air without this adorably lovely awesome woman and you know who we're talking about Oprah! Oprah.